Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sermons and Cars, okay? I want you to know I'm, I'm being very safe, okay? It might look like I'm looking at the camera, but I'm not looking right past it onto the road. Yes, I'm buckled. We are driving around town theologizing and, um, you know, engaging the dialogue outside of the normal context of church because sometimes when you're in church listening to a sermon, you're bored out of your skull. And I'm kidding. This is, I am not talking about your pastor or the church you attend. I'm talking about those other ones out there. Today, quick thought. And I've been, um, I've been doing a lot more reading lately on this topic about the, the, the Bible in general and how we approach it and how you go to it and how do you read it. I think it's super healthy for us to hold this in front of us on the regular. And if we don't, if we're just kind of going to the Bible um, passively, expecting something, mm, uh, I think that's how we get lazy. I know that's happened for me. And what I mean by lazy is this. It's easy to sit down and read the Bible and just kind of read it, expecting something to happen. Um, and you know, sometimes the Lord will use it to speak to you and navigate something. Usually though, and here's the thing, it's usually gonna be regarding morality 101, right? It's like, don't get hammered tonight, okay? So you read a verse that's that talks about drunkenness. So yeah, it's gonna like speak to you, right? Don't go have sex with a whole bunch of people, right? You're gonna read a verse that speaks to you about lust, right? So it's it's probably gonna be related to that, right? Or greed, right? It might convict you of one of any of those quote seven deadly sins, as they say, right? But when it comes to making really difficult lifelong decisions if it's not morally related you're gonna have a harder time especially if you're going to the Bible trying to find a specific answer and if you find yourself in that place as I have in the past I found myself asking a simple question boy what makes this different from from just casting a spell Right? Or if I'm just reading the book as if like it's divination of some kind. Is this really faith? Am I really trusting in God? Or am, I, or am I going to the Bible expecting an answer out of a book? And if that's the case, and is it, is it really any different from, from, you know, what we would have called sorcery or witchcraft? Now that I know has a negative connotation to it in our modern day context. And I'm not trying to be negative. What I'm trying to do is jar us out of a set way of operating in hopes that we could maybe uh, open up a little bit to different ways of approaching the Bible. No matter how many ways you slice it, it's, it's very rare that the Bible says anything. 
everybody loves to toss around the word. Preachers love it. They love to be like, the Bible says. Or you get a preacher and be like, it's not me that's saying these things. It's the Bible. The Bible says. It's not my words. Don't take it from me. Just trust the Bible. And I'm making fun of that Southern preacher style. I know. But come on. You've been there with me. And yeah, if you open it up, sure, those words are written there in English if you're reading an English Bible, but if you're reading a different Bible, it's going to have different words there. And how you interpret those words in one language versus a different one, they're going to have vastly different meaning. And here's why. The Bible never says what it means. I'll say that again. The Bible does not, or rarely, let's use rarely, rarely says what it means. And that's because the Bible uses language. And language uses words. And what are words, if nothing but hosts that communicate values and ideals and concepts? Words are nothing more than carriers of values, uh, ideas. They, they carry meaning for us. And the word means one thing for one person, and it means something else for another. And that is so important for us to know. Anytime anybody is like, the Bible says, just be like, well, hold on a second. Let's just dial it back a little bit, okay? Because what you're doing when you do that, or what somebody is doing when they do that, is they're saying, I know what it means, I have the interpretation, listen to me, all other interpretations are hereby denounced. Anathema, right? Because that's how they treat it. If you go to the Bible and you decide you're gonna read, read, the, um, read Christ's teachings on Gehenna very contextually, you're gonna arrive at a very, Apologize, that's a jackhammer in the background there. You're gonna arrive at a very different understanding, and from my perspective, a much healthier understanding of what Gehenna is. Gehenna being the uh, what we've translated as hell in the New Testament. But if you just read hell, and you don't second guess, you don't ask what the actual word is, you're never gonna dig deep to get the concept that was being communicated in first century Palestine. Instead, you'll only read a 21st century mindset onto the text, and that being a Western one if you're in America or in Europe or been trained at a Western school in any part of the world. Western being a line of thinking, not a geography. So your words carry meaning, and meaning is going to differ. So one person will mean one thing, to another it will mean another. Now, it's it's um yeah it's it's just it's just so important that we embrace this reality and in, by embracing it what we can do is we can value the insights that others offer and instead of getting angry when somebody differs from me you can embrace and engage and learn and question and debate but denounce no no can't do that. We can't.
You ever watched uh, Jerry Seinfeld's sermon in cars sometimes? Sometimes they'll just sit there in silence and it's hysterical. Well, cause that's where I got this idea from. One day, I hope maybe we could have two people here and we can do a dialogue whilst driving. A dialogue about sermons or about theology. We'll do a dialogue and be sermons in cars. Or it could be sermons in cars while drinking coffee, right? And then, then it will be a funny show. We'll make it a little bit more humorous, but also serious. But sometimes in, 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 in comedians in cars, they'll just sit there in dead silence. And then Jared Seinfeld will be like, well, this got awkward quick, didn't it? But they won't delete that. They won't delete those scenes from the show, which, which just, just makes it all that more authentic that it's not scripted. Um, embrace the different meanings and be okay with them. Cultivate that in your heart. And when you cultivate that in your heart, because what we can do then is we can learn to trust the family of Christ to interpret the scriptures as should be interpreted for their community. And this is the, this is the first John two application um, in real life when he says, you don't need anyone to teach you. The anointing of Christ is on you. You don't need anyone to teach you. It's the religious structures in our, in our world that are afraid of statements like that. Because what it's saying is, yeah, no, you, you don't need anyone to teach you. The anointing that's in you, Christ in you, will illuminate you for you the correct path, the way to go, and a healthy interpretation when applied in the community, in the context of community. Where we tend to get really uh, weird is when we venture off alone. When we're held into community, we can we can use the, the the healthy application of the spirit within us of understanding texts and scriptures. Begin to live life fully alive. So embrace today, embrace the questions within you, embrace the dialogue, ask, debate. But see if you can learn to live open-handed with the meaning and how you've come to understand it. People will use the Bible in any way, shape, or form that they can, as long as it is as long as it aligns with the cultural lens that they're wearing. The moment they become aware of that cultural lenses and can take them off and begin to see from different perspectives is really the moment they begin to grow. So, so can you engage it? Can you ask yourself difficult questions about the Bible without feeling threatened that you're somehow challenging God? Like it somehow challenges God that, he's, that he already doesn't know the questions in your heart? Can you embrace it? Or will you just maintain the comfortable position of just accepting what the Bible says. And you can do that, and that's fine. But for those of us who really want to go deeper to another level, you have to begin to take off the lenses you're wearing. Be aware of 
what you're bringing to the text when you're reading. So yeah, today maybe the Bible doesn't just say something to you. Today maybe the Bible doesn't say anything at all. Maybe today you don't even read the Bible. Okay, and that's okay, right? One thing I know is that God is not a genie. The Bible is not a book of spells. It is not a it is not a roadmap. A plus B equals C. The Bible does speak to us. Absolutely. In the right time and place and moment, sure. The Holy Spirit can illuminate the passage, bring you to an awareness, something that you were not aware of before. Absolutely. Does that happen all the time? Is that the only way to read the Bible? No. And if that's your expectation every time you read the Bible, I think you're going to be headed for a pitfall. And it's the pitfall that is built around the idea the Bible says. All right, guys. That's it for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got more stuff coming out every week. Every week. Alright, talk to you later.